everybody. Welcome to this episode of the Disciple Making Disciples podcast. I'm Ryan Simchenko. I'm the Life Groups Pastor at Northwest Community Church in Cary, North Carolina. At our church, our mission is to be a family of disciples who are making disciples. And this podcast is something we've been doing for a few months. It's a series of conversations and interviews where we just talk to, to church members about what it looks like to be a disciple-making disciple, both uh, as an individual or a family, and then also as, as a whole church. This episode today is a conversation between myself and David Amon and our guest Charlie Rogers. Many of you know Charlie. Charlie has served as an elder at Northwest Community Church. He's currently leading a life group in Holly Springs. Uh, We broke this episode up, we broke this conversation up into two episodes. The first one that we're releasing today, um, we talk a little bit about what it looks like to balance having vision and having direction and having a, a tactical plan for what we're trying to accomplish with also being sensitive to the Holy Spirit and allowing Him to lead us and relying on Him instead of our, our own plans. And Charlie also shares some thoughts on what for him has been a significant habit in his discipleship journey, which is the, the habit and the exercise of personal journaling. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. Again, thanks for listening to this conversation with Charlie Rogers. for you yeah. and I told him how I did it but you know how I fumbled around for it you know, like every year I do it a little bit differently I think. Mm-hmm. but I think it's key for me to go back and look at that to see God at work uh, in those times where you know there's tear stains on the paper and uh, you know where you can feel it but you, you look back and you go man I have no idea it's pretty cool so since I've known you in like a Northwest relational capacity, which is 11 years, I think now, I can't think of a time when you didn't talk about journaling. Like, I feel like I've known you to journal. It's one time. of those things that has, was sort of um, pumped into me yeah. through discipleship or disciple making. Mm-hmm. Um, through the years too, I was in discipleship with certain guys, and and I'd always hear about it, both men and women, and uh, and I'd start, and then you know I'd throw them out sometimes, and you know I, I guess when I first started, I was always concerned that my kids or my wife would read it, mm. and that's uh, one of the reasons why I carry it with me. But you know if my wife wants to read it, I'll let her, and if I die, when I die, my kids can read it. I had a friend who said that she had a agreement with one of her best friends that if either one of them dies, the other one goes and burns their journals Mm. because they didn't like my husband can't see it. My kids can't see it. None of my friends. It's just, you know, not even this one friend It's private. You know, it's, we have this agreement that like, if I die, you come and you burn my journal without looking at like all. And she kept all of them. Yeah. Mm. I'll do the same for you. Yeah, although I, I'd say, 
that point doesn't matter. Yeah. Because people can learn from that, even the, in the ugliness of some of the journaling, right? Yeah. The pain they can you always say you you want to you don't want to learn from your mistakes. You want to learn from somebody else's mistakes. Right? Yeah. And that we're learning. That's why scripture's there. Yeah. Um, so yeah. What does your journaling look like today? Like what you said every year kind of changes. Yeah, I mean, lately I've been journaling. I regularly like to talk about our like our planning process oh, and our my, my whole thing changes. All <laughs> but what is your journaling looking like right now? Journaling, I I write on the right hand side, and I and it encompasses all parts of my life. You know, I used to just journal spiritual things. Yeah, and then but um, as I've gotten older. You can't separate the two, right? My mm-hmm. my walk should be inter- intertwined with my every part of my life, my family life, my professional life, and I want to be able to look back on all of those aspects of my life the same way I do my spiritual life as well. And then, the, yeah, I always do. My birthday's in June, so I sort of analyze my um, call it sort of a check of my dashboard every. You know, twice a year, December, end of the year, and then June. And, uh, you know, how am I doing spiritually? How's my time in the Word? How's my prayer? How's my meditation? How am I serving? How sensitive am I to others? How do I love people or don't love people? Uh, depending on how that is. So that, that gives me, and, and I can see that in my business, in my family, in other relationships, how I serve people, how I'm trying to, interact with people that I don't know or think I need to know. There are gaps and voids in my life that I know I need to fill. So do those topics that are things you're evaluating yourself on, are those things, you naturally see them interwoven into your journaling, but is there specific ways that you're looking at those, or is your journaling kind of like, just more of like a way that you write out prayers or like well yeah I so I journal on the right hand side just yeah. to finish your question I'll come back to that and then on the left hand side I try to do my prayer request and okay. how I'm doing that so then I can tab through as well you know over the past month or the past couple weeks to make sure I'm praying for the right things um, as opposed to having a separate prayer journal gotcha. either electronically or on paper yeah. so back in the day like high school college it was the three ring binder little thing for prayer requests. And oh yeah, did that. Or prayer flashcards, or oh uh, yeah, all sorts of different We've ways. Done, I've done it all. <laughs> That's Not cool. well, but I've done it all. That's um, cool. Yeah. I think the key thing is to continue to do it right. Yeah. Like I, I picked up that theme a couple of years ago: progress, not perfection. Sure. Um, and one of my downfalls, and you guys have talked about it on the podcast, is where the, uh, my words on yours is, you know, assessing yourself and falling short and figuring, you know, you beat yourself up over it. I'm done, right? There's things I beat myself up over, but try not to, yeah. just as long as I'm improving on it. But yeah, so I go back every year um, from a weekly, you know, I'm going back to, What's his name? Uh, the planner. Franklin Covey. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Michael Michael. Michael Hyatt. Michael the full Hyatt. focus planner. I'm just I'm busting at the seams with priorities right now. Mm-hmm. Professional, personal, spiritual, and and I gotta limit it. 
did professional stuff. I could have, you know, I get 150 emails a day, um, projects all over the place, and I, just, I can't do that. So mm-hmm. I'm trying to set priorities there. And that's the best way to do it today. I'll change tomorrow, but that's the best <laughs> way to do it. I get frustrated that I can't sustain a certain, like, there was a time where I did Zig Ziglar's planner. It was before email, right? Where it was really good. Paper planner, I kept it all. It was great. Then email came and electronics, and it's just really tapped us all, right? It's like the internet. If there's not a time where we're not out Googling something or wasting time somehow, then that means we're really disciplined to turn it off. That might be a, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, Chris Worst. Heavenly Father, thank you for today. Thanks for Ryan and David and us being able to get together. Thank you for this time that we can talk. We just ask that you uh, give us this time to be open, transparent, and we pray that it will be glorifying to you, maybe challenging to ourselves and to our body. Help Help us to continue to be open to your teaching through everything, scripture, and through each other. Thank you for being present now, and we just ask that you uh, guide our conversation. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, I think I I wanted to, uh, yeah, I just wanted to jump in and ask Charlie, when you, um, it's a similar question to one that we asked Robin, when you uh, started hearing the church talking about having disciple-making kind of at the center or discipleship or whatever you want to call it. Um, when was that, and what do you remember your kind of how that hit you and what your thoughts were when, when that started being talked about? I don't know when it was. It was near the beginning. You guys started talking about that. Um, I couldn't put a date on it. I think I reacted, um, I had mixed reactions. A good, good part of it, it's fundamentally true, right? That's what God wants us to be. He wants us to be disciples making disciples. I think that's solid. Uh, and I think that is, will be a great foundation for growth. I think where I had some concern is we're a church of people, right? People want vision, and that seems pretty tactical, even though we know that what that can be built up, how that can be built upon, and God will use that. But, uh, you know, we get asked all the time. I don't get asked anymore, but uh, I'm not an elder, but, you know, what are we going to do with the church and the land and where are we headed and what's going to happen now and who's who and what's next? And uh, we are disciples making disciples seems pretty fundamental. And that, that's a good and bad thing, right? I think um, I get excited about it because it, it, if, you're, if you really think through it, and I think we could probably um, articulate it a little bit differently if we wanted to, but I think at the time we really needed to go there. But here's where we're headed, right? We, we always go back and we do say those things. And you did say those things of 
but people don't hear them as much unless we really bang that drum of we've always said we want to reach this community for Christ, right? This this population here looks like the world. And from where we reach, where God reaches this community, it can build upon, he can build upon reaching the whole world from right here. And we do that by disciples making disciples. Uh, and then go forth, right? And, and as we go forth. Does that make sense? So for you, it was kind of the, what you were saying, maybe the, your hesitation with it or what gave you pause was that um that if we that if this is going to be what we organize around then it's going to involve a lot of rethinking and a lot of strategy and and i wouldn't say rethinking i mean it's always been part of what we do right we or what we've tried to do is meeting with people discipling people you know not discipling people from a formal program standpoint, but helping ourselves and each other and people that we bump into to get to know Jesus and follow him, right? Um, it just, this is a sort of a program type of way of looking at it, I think. And I, I'm always concerned about programs on everything, as you know. Um, so you know, all of a sudden we said, how are we going to do it? And we started small, right? Those of us uh, as elders and then life group leaders, and, and that's where it should start. But, you know, there's, it, it, it'll, we didn't articulate, and I'm talking me, right? Um, what goes past that? And can you? Right, and I think the exciting thing is we don't have to. If we if we articulate, God's going to show us, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And we have to be able to lead our body that way and get them to understand that's part of our culture, right? Mm-hmm. We want to look at the next step that God's going to shine on the path and take that. And we don't need a five-year plan or a ten-year plan, and we don't need milestones and numbers of people or the size of the building or whatever. Um, but we know from principles in Scripture, reach the people, right? And that can be right here. And then people will be moved as we go, right? People will be moved to go to other areas. Maybe it's people we don't even know yet that go back home to visit family, or and they decide to stay so that they can minister there. Um, maybe they ask one of us to go with them. You know, who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, but we don't. We don't need to know that. And I think uh, that's one of the things that organizations in general, Christian organizations and churches do that. Um, think we, we. I won't say we let the Holy Spirit off the hook, but we bind the Holy Spirit because we're putting our own desires and plans in front of that. Mm-hmm. And it's a fine line between being a great visionary of saying, here's where we're going to do and building milestones and letting the Holy Spirit lead us. Mm-hmm. I think what you just articulated, Charlie, is something that we have heard from people. And, and there are certain people that really kind of like a little bit more simple kind of just, hey, here's what's next for tomorrow. I think there's people that are wired that really, they don't really want that far out thing. Maybe they've been burned by a far out vision that didn't happen. And so that actually, they don't like that anymore because they're skeptics of it. 
Or maybe they're personality driven, they just don't care. Then there's other people that are like, no, I need to know what is the five-year plan and then the 10-year, where are we going? I run a business. This is how it's going to look in my business. So what does it look like in the church? And I know I sometimes find that I struggle to be in, find that balance in the middle of like, what does it look like to articulate a tactical, you called, you use the word tactical, yeah. disciples making disciples is tactical, um, while having a vision component. Like, what, is, what does it look like to do that better, to better communicate yeah. that, to be more clear? You know, I think it, it, there might not be anything wrong with just saying that's who we're going to be, right? Um, but at least you say it. And yeah. we say that's who we are, that's our internal makeup. But I think one way to do it might be um, you share God on the horizon. God has this, right? Mm-hmm. He has the vision. We just execute how he leads us. Yeah. So it's disciples making disciples. We know if we are disciples of Christ... He will grow his body through us, yeah. and that will continue. Yeah. So we can't expect that we know what it looks like. To, yeah, we, we, we can't expect to know exactly what it looks like, but we can expect growth. Yeah. Now, we don't know if that means we'll grow here on this property or if we'll start growing yeah. elsewhere. We can expect that at some point God will use this property for his will, we would, I, I, I'd be okay with saying we can expect to build a, a building of some form or fashion that we can use to worship in, yeah. in some form or fashion. Right? Sure. We don't know, you know, some people will say right away, and we've had some people come and say, okay, what's your vision for the church? And we say, well, you know, X number of people, and then we'll split. And wow, that's three times as big as I want to get, so I'm going to go somewhere else. I, want to, <laughs> yeah. I, want to, I only want a church this big. Well, yep. that's preference. Right? Yeah. And I, I think, yeah. again, unless God's giving you something specific, and maybe it is a personal thing, right? Yeah. That's why there's a ton of churches. So there's still not enough churches to, for yeah. everybody to go to in the, in the community yeah. um, if, if people would do it. But I think churches today look different. But Charlie, when you... So I, I kind of hear you saying that the shift... So tell me if this is kind of putting myself in your shoes when you were hearing, okay, disciples that make disciples, um, that it sounds like maybe you were thinking, well, okay, if we have, if our goal is we want to get to be, you know, X number of people, or if our goal is we want a building of this size on, on this land, that's a very concrete, clear thing. And tactically speaking, it'll be, um, it, it will be relatively straightforward to say, okay, this is where we are. This is where we want to go. Now, how do we, how do we get there? But disciples making disciples, it might represent a shift in our church culture, or our church mindset, where we're going to have to be okay with a little bit less clarity and a little bit more ambiguity. And maybe, maybe for some people, and I don't know if you put this, yourself in this category or not, that are they really do gravitate towards the tactical thought process. Maybe that's a little bit uncomfortable or a little bit of a challenge? Or? Uh, I think it is a challenge. I think for our body, it's it was painful because we already you know, pulled back the bow and shot the arrow, right? We said this is what it's going to look like. Hmm. We had a plan. We had a, a campaign. Yeah, it was very successful. We said this is what it's going to look like, and now we're saying just hold on, right? We don't think God has us going in that direction. So, if you 
given a lot of money and effort and time towards that. I know there are people that did and they're disappointed, right? That's understandable. But I think um, I'd rather be faithful than finish something that we don't think is the right thing. Yeah. For the sake of finishing this thing that's not the right thing. Um, so uh, I like it, you know, it's a tough thing for leadership. And the last, well, I think Matt was talking about it, the Exodus thing, thinking about, you know, trying to lead people when there's no clear vision for the future, right? Like, how do you do that? Well, I think we, it's all about, it comes back to a relationship, right? Disciples making disciples. We have to have a relationship with God through Christ. And I haven't heard the Holy Spirit talked about a whole lot yet in these podcasts. So I think that that's one thing. Um, you know, Holy Spirit's got to lead us, right? And, and help us learn and, and understand. And uh, I think that's exciting to get to if we can get there. And of course we can. God can help us do that. So it's a him thing, not an us thing. But yeah, it's, it is a lot. People are we're just built to be better with at least plans, whether we're going to hit them or not. At least we have a plan, right? Um, I have a daily plan. Very rarely get it all done. But I have a daily plan. I can start tomorrow, adjust, and keep going. I think that's a good thing, and people understand that. So from an organizational standpoint, whether it be a church body or not, it's, it's better to do that. So we are going against the flow of common leadership lessons and, uh, and our own bent as people to be structured that way and saying, okay, no, we're not going to do it ourselves. We're going to trust in God. And, and we can say that. We, a, lot of, a lot of people will say, we're going to trust in God to, and then they lay out their plan. Right? <laughs> mm-hmm. And how many times have we said it, either ourselves or hear it from people? God has told me I need to do this. And then three weeks later, no, God has told me to do that. And that's completely different. Well, yeah. tell me how God told you to do that. Yeah. Yeah, the classic example, like, you know, God told me I'm supposed to break up with this person or or whatever, you know, it yeah. should be. Yeah. All, yeah. God gets blamed for a lot of things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, and like you said, it Just is. like Adam, right? The woman who thinks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or Moses, <laughs> Moses, like, this people, you know, yeah. why, why did you send me here yeah. over and over again? Well, and like you said, it's a balance because, um, and yeah, there's, there's personality components uh, that are a part of this. There's cultural components, spiritual components. Um, but, Charlie, you were saying that it's a, it's a balance because, on the one hand, you know, as a church, you know, we're led by the Spirit. There's an aspect where we um, we need to we need to always be feeling that we're relying on on the Holy Spirit, that we're we're relying on Jesus, and not that oh, this is going to be really straightforward. Just you know, you know, A B C D execute, and it'll be easy. Um, but at the same time, that can be it. It can. We don't want that to become an excuse for poor stewardship or poor leadership, right? right? So, so it's, it's that balance where, um, 
we want to be faithful with whatever God gives us, including communication and structure and planning and stewardship, finances, land, all of that stuff, while at the same time recognizing that we're, we're, we're part of something that uh, sometimes might look similar to what happens in the business world or the military world or sure. other things, but, but there's, there, there's a little bit of a difference there too. So yeah, it seems like there is, is about how do we find that, how do we find that balance? I agree. Well, so Charlie, you gave us some really good feedback when several months ago, when we were starting to put some words to the definition of a disciple, like what you say we want to be disciples and make disciples. Well, you know, we need to know what we're making before we try to be one or or make one. And so we'd we'd written down uh, some different things, and um, you were one of the people that we that we sent to you to kind of look over and uh, and we've been communicating it that a disciple is somebody who trusts Jesus, loves Jesus, and obeys Jesus. And you gave us some some feedback that I thought was very very helpful. Um, can you just can you just kind of talk about your you you mentioned that that you you said you were kind of wrestling with it when you heard us say a disciple somebody who trusts loves and obeys Jesus. Yeah. What was the what was kind of what were you wrestling about and and where are you with that? And Trey, it sounds like from hearing you talk about this, you know, you mentioned earlier. It sounds like kind of a this you said this phrase that that God really led you to progress not perfection hmm. right and so as you because when you were talking to us your feedback was that yeah basically um well hey if a disciple is somebody if i remember correctly if, if a disciple means i'm always trusting always loving always obeying jesus i guess i'm not a disciple and you know that's because i'm yeah because i'm not sometimes and and, and you know i'm obviously like i'm not either and so when you when you brought that feedback that's one of the things that cost us to think and say, okay, let's, that's true. And how do we kind of, uh, add that language in there? And that's why we added the disciple of somebody who's learning to do these things. And I, I was, it was interesting to me how that plays so well into like Matthew 10, where one of those passages, that's like a classic, I always think it's, I really love looking at the times where Jesus kind of gives this kind of like an altar call. And how is he going to express it? Like, what's the, hey, you know, come over here. How's he going to kind of give the sales pitch? And that particular point, like he says, you know, all you, all you who are, he looks out and sees the people that are harassed and hopeless, like sheep without a shepherd. And he says, you know, all that are weary and heavy laden, come to me and I'll give you rest. And then he says, uh, come and learn from me. Take my yoke upon you and, um, and I'll give you rest for your souls because my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And and I love how that's the invitation sometimes was come follow me in this particular situation is come and learn from me. And so there's a, yeah, I think there's something. And then obviously like uh, other times when discipleship is described, you know, a disciple is not greater than his teacher. A student is not greater than his teacher. Um, when he's fully formed, he'll be like, like his, his instructor and so kind of throughout the the ways the gospel the gospels talk about what it means to follow Jesus there's this aspect of of learning 
And so I thought that was really appropriate. It says to walk like him, right? And then there's no sanctification is a process. So we're going to fail. And if and and if for me, and I think a lot of people are like this. You know, you'll set your goals, whether it's an annual goal or a quarterly goal or whatever. Here's where I want, and I would do that spiritually. Right? I bust that pretty quickly because I'm not leaning on him. I'm not allowing the Holy Spirit to guide me. I'm trying to drive that. And that's that's a tough thing to learn, right? And it's a tough thing to hand over the reins through the day. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of the Disciple Making Disciples podcast. The first part of our conversation with Charlie Rogers. Um, one of the things Charlie mentions in this conversation is the practice of journaling. And about a year ago, Charlie challenged me to get a journal and to start writing down thoughts and reflections and prayers and different things that God's been showing me in his word. And it's something I've been doing uh, kind of off and on, certainly not every day, but kind of off and on for the past year. And it's been it's been really helpful. And like Charlie says, it's especially encouraging and challenging to reflect back on things that you wrote in the journal six months ago or uh, or a few weeks ago and just kind of remember what God was doing, how you were feeling at those times and remember and celebrate and look back on the things that God did, the ways he showed up in those areas at those times. So if you hear that and you think that um, keeping a journal like that would be something that you might be interested in or that might be helpful to you, then I encourage you to, to go get a journal and start start trying it. Um, yeah, and just see how God can use that exercise to help you grow as a disciple. Uh, as I mentioned before, this is the first part of a two-part conversation with Charlie Rogers. The second part, the second episode, will be dropping next Saturday, next week. And in the second episode, we'll cover some specific ways that people have, in Charlie's life, have helped him grow as a disciple, specific things that they've done, and also kind of what Charlie's strategy is as he helps people in our church, specifically uh, young men, and also people in his life group to grow as as disciples. We hope that you'll that you'll check that out too. As always, we'd love to hear uh, feedback, thoughts, questions, comments, uh, things you'd like to hear us talk about in in the in a future episode of of the podcast. Um, if you're local, then feel free to reach out to me or, or David or, or Charlie or, or Matt. And let us know. Um, you can always also email us at info at northwestlife.org. That's info at northwestlife.org.